Welcome to the Chalk Box, the gymnastics podcast for gym rats. I am your host, Adri Garcia, and again with me is my co-host, Jessica Coe. How are you doing, Jess? Good. How are you doing, Adri? Pretty good. I'm excited to talk about today's topic. Me too. Very, very important topic. So after my discussion with Gail last week, Jessica and I decided that we wanted to elaborate on some of the breathing techniques, relaxation, and grounding that Gail and I had sort of touched on. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to, I know both Jessica and I both use relaxation, grounding, and mindfulness in our own lives. And so I think what we are going to do is go back and forth and share some of the things that we think have been helpful to us. Um, Jess, did you want to talk before we started about how this type of um, practice has helped you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am an anxious person. (laughs) (laughs) And I found that being mindful in my everyday and using some of these techniques that Adrienne are going to share with you guys, it's helped bring me down to a level that really wasn't attainable before I had any of these tools. So hopefully we can help fill your toolbox with some techniques that you can use in your everyday life. Gail and I were talking, and I've definitely noticed this as a coach. When I was a young coach, you know, 20 or so years ago, I feel like we had one or two kids with mental blocks. And I feel as the years have gone, especially in the last five years, I've never experienced this volume of kids with mental blocks. So I really feel that like anxiousness and carrying a heavy stress load is really, really common with the gymnast that I work with. And it sounds like Gail, who's a mental performance coach, is dealing with the same thing with athletes in general. Right. It it makes me wonder, though, if it's just athletes or if it's really a societal thing. Yeah. So I just think that our athletes, our students, our teens in general are carrying a heavy load right now. And I think that these types of techniques can really, really help them. Yeah, definitely. And I think that this is a really great time because this is probably the first time in many of their lives that they've had a lot of downtime. I know most athletes, student athletes from a very young age have to balance a really heavy schedule, a really, um, you know, just constantly go, 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 go. So I think this might be a good time for them to sort of like dabble a little bit in some of these practices to see how they can carry it back over to their busy lives when things start going forward again. And going off that, I would say the importance of practicing these techniques when you're not in that anxious, frantic, overwhelmed state, you want to practice this while you are at home, while you don't have a whole lot going on. Because like that cartwheel on the beam, you're not going to go bust it out for the first time at a meet. You're going to practice it at your home gym a whole bunch before you go compete that. Did you want to start with your first on your list and we'll just go back and forth? Yeah. So um, engaging your five senses. Our senses are really amazing and very important in being mindful. Uh, So this one is engaging all five of our senses. And first you would start with what's five things you see looking around the room. Um, What are four things you feel? Three things you hear, two things you smell, and one thing you taste. And you go through all of those, and that's supposed to help bring you back to the present moment. 
because a lot of times we can get taken away in the past or the future or the what ifs and this will really bring you back to the present moment of right here right now these are the things that I see around me and what I can actually feel as I sit here yeah I think there's something really powerful in remembering where you are physically in this moment because I think especially in high pressure environments like gymnastics meet it's really easy to get up in your head about a lot of the things oh, yeah. that Gail and I talked about, like your fear of failure, you know, your feeling that all the eyes are on you and feeling that the judge is there to tear you apart. All of that right. can really, really add up. So I think that even if you can take a couple of these grounding techniques and just bring yourself back to I'm right here right now and I'm okay. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, so also for our listeners, I want us, as we go through these techniques to like, quickly just try them. Let's try them together because Jessica and I are experts at these things. These are just things that have helped us. So if you wouldn't mind going back through those again, Jess, um, okay. I think that we could, I'm at least when you, okay, you're going to guide me and I'm going to okay. try. So what's the first one? So I want you to look around the room and I want you to identify five things that you see. Okay. I'm just going to do it verbally since it's a podcast, obviously. And no one can Sounds see what good. I'm writing down. Um, okay, so I see a mirror and a laptop and a microphone and a dog and a door. And as you sit there, what are four things you can feel? I can feel my chair. Uh, I'm holding a pencil. I can feel my socks are kind of twisted. And I'm kind of sweaty hot. I like how specific you got with the sock twisted there. Well, it's, it's I think, one of my sensory things. <laughs> but, but I think that's important because more than just like you're holding a pencil, is your pencil plastic? Is it wood? What does it feel like in your hand? Is it cold? Yeah. No, everything's hot right now because we haven't turned the AC on. <laughs> <laughs> what a, so what are three things that you can hear? Might help to close your eyes. I can hear my hound doing her weird little moaning thing in the background. <laughs> I can hear the static of the microphone. And I can hear my son upstairs watching a movie. What are two things you smell? I can smell the laundry detergent from my shirt and my lotion. What's one thing you can taste? I can taste the leftover grapefruit juice. And with that last one, sometimes it, people struggle with that one. And so you could also pick one thing that you would like to taste, like oh, peach cobbler. That sounds delicious. <laughs> I really liked actually doing that little exercise because it was just funny. Like I wasn't paying attention to the sounds in my house, which is like, you know, the life right. of my family happening around me all the time. Or, you know, the smell, like I don't, you don't really think about the things that you smell, but it really does bring you into paying attention to this present moment. Because obviously I wasn't focusing on the detergent or the smell of my lotion, but those are obviously right. things that we enjoy, which is why we mm -hmm. cho choose them and use them. So, right. Awesome. I liked that one. So <laughs> I'm going to sort of just talk about my first one and I'm going to add a complimentary because the 
my next one is a body scan meditation, which when I first started getting into meditation, this was sort of um, the way that I introduced myself to it, which is a body scan, which is basically finding a comfortable spot. And usually they're guided. So I'm going to post a guided one that I recorded for my gymnast. But there are lots of body scans online. Um, and you just first become aware of your breath. And then it slowly moves from one part of your body all the way through to the next part, to the next part, bringing awareness um, to each part of your body. And again, it all, it all brings you back to the present moment. And this, um, rather than the external five senses, this is more of from the inside out. So feeling um, how your body feels, feeling where you might find any tension. Because I think a lot of times people carry tension in places that they don't necessarily recognize. I have noticed that when I'm really, really stressed out when I'm coaching sometimes, I'll have my foot up on like a block or something. And all of a sudden I'll notice if I'm stressed, like I'll be carrying tension in my leg. Like I'll actually be clenching my leg. And I don't know if it's because I'm trying to get the gymnast to tighten their leg and then it just stays that way <laughs> <laughs> or why. But I've definitely noticed that like I occasionally will carry tension in different muscles. Or if you ever come home from practice and like your back hurts in a certain place, it might not necessarily always be from a skill. It might be because you're because you're carrying tension in a certain spot. Were you ever able to really recognize that you had carried that stress in your leg prior to doing a body scan? No, I really think that meditation sort of helped me figure out. Identify that. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing too is in my jaw. Like I I don't normally Mm. carry stress in my jaw, but sometimes when I'm doing a body scan, it'll be like, relax your jaw. And then all of a sudden I realize like I'm actually holding, I'm physically holding my jaw up. So when I relax my jaw, it's like, oh, or your shoulders, I think is another common spot. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you carry tension in a specific body part? Yes, I do my jaw for mm-hmm. sure. Um, it's actually caused me hearing issues. <laughs> yeah. Or I know people that grind at night. <laughs> yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. It's caused like fluid in my ears. So another reason to relax our jaws. Yes. <laughs> So I'm going to, just because the body scan is, it's not long, it's about five minutes, but I'm just going to post it because I feel like that's something that should happen sort of aside um, as Mm -hmm. a, as a guided meditation in and to itself. But I've done it with my gymnast before and I do encourage them to try to get, even if it's short, I love the body scan because five minutes, you know, it's like a very short thing that you can add to your day and it really helps bring your mind body connection back together. But I think that right now, while we're all on quarantine, is a good chance for people to sort of test this out because I think meditating is something that I think a lot of gymnasts hear from their coaches or from their parents. And you get a lot of resistance to that. And I think part of that is the schedule. Like if you have two hours of homework after practice and you got to get up for school the next day, it's hard to figure out how you're going to make five minutes. But now I think they can make five minutes. And I just, I think that if they try it, they will find the benefits of it. So... What's your next technique? Um, I do want to just add one thing to that would be don't not try because you're afraid that you're not going to be good at it because that was me. I, I am a person who has a hard time silencing my thoughts. And so the thought of sitting down and not being with them, it was like, I can't do that. So I'm just not going to try. Yeah, or feeling like you can't stop the thoughts, like right. But I think that's, sometimes part of it is accepting that these thoughts yeah. keep appearing. I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions, and you hear this all the time: is that meditation is like this complete silence in your mind, and it's really not. It's sort of no, 
like watching them being an observer yes. of the thoughts so you can sort of uh, better understand like, wow, our thoughts are not always rational or, mm, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm having this circular thought pattern and recognizing that, they, hey, that's a circular thought pattern that's actually not serving me and being able to recognize that so that the next time it happens, you can sort of push it away and be like, nope, yeah. that's not helping me right now. Yeah, I like the being an outside observer. I think we are able to look at your thoughts and emotions a lot more objectively. Especially for, I think, gymnasts when it comes to a lot of the irrational fears. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, or, ha ha has that ever happened to you before? Yeah. No? Well, well, then why are you afraid that it's going to happen now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just the, yeah, the fear brain kicking in. And yeah. Like, you can't let that rule you because you've done this correctly. 100 times don't let the one time you did it incorrectly rule your yeah. brain now well so yeah let's sit here and think about is this actually a rational thought well yeah and i think next or am i benefiting from it is it serving me a purpose yeah is it making me a better athlete mm. yeah. and i think next week when we get into visualization we're going to talk about sort of the power Ooh, yeah. of shifting that you know shifting this mm -hmm. But I think before you can really take control of the empowerment of visualization, you have to be able to recognize the thoughts that are not serving you. You have to be able to have yeah. sort of a, a separation from that before you can move over it to the more empowerment of visualization. Right. So something I, I want to talk about images and just the power of imagery in general. Um, I have my master's in clinical mental health counseling. And my crisis trauma and loss class, my teacher had us do a lot of visualizing. And one thing that really stuck with me was us putting our worries and our concerns and our troubles and putting them into some sort of container. And she had us visualize this container. We sat there for five, 10 minutes just visualizing this container and I was telling my husband about it because I loved that we were focusing more on the container that I'm putting all of these thoughts in as opposed to the thoughts themselves yeah so she, mine was a glass container it was you know those containers that you flip up and your tea comes out in the mm -hmm. summer yeah so I put my my worries in there um so that if I it's, you know, a nice glass container. It's sturdy. It's secure. Um, there's some flower petals on the outside. It's a design. Um, it has a white spigot. And when I'm ready to address these issues, I can open that and they can come out and I can, you know, take them on then. But if it's not really going to serve me a purpose right now, and if I, it's not something I can even really address, then I'm just going to set that aside for now in this container, whatever that container is for you. And really just visualizing you kind of gives you that power to push it aside. Yeah. We actually did something similar last year at Ponderosa camp. We, I had all the girls write down some of the, we called it taking out the trash, right? Some of the, the trash talk that you do to yourself, right? If you're mm. judging yourself or if you're doubting yourself, like what are the recurrent thoughts in your mind? Like I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to make the next level because I'm afraid that I just can't do this or I'm afraid that um, I'm getting worse at this or, you know, some of these just negativity 
cycles that we get ourselves into. Yeah. And so they all wrote down a few of those thoughts. <laughs> but we were at Ponderosa Camp, so we actually put them in the campfire. <laughs> That's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was a good little, what do you say, cathartic? Is that the right word? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was a cathartic exercise. But yeah, and I've, I've had uh, meditations too where they talk about pulling some of these emotions or feelings or thoughts and then like sort of like swirling them into like a black ball. I love yeah. these. Some of these are kind of trippy. So it was like it swirled into a black ball and then you imagine the ball turning into a bird and then it flew away. That's really cool. <laughs> it is cool. I know. That's why I love some of these meditations. Like by all means, find your own meditations online because there are some really cool ones. And different ones that can fit you because mm -hmm. what I might really find suits me might not suit you. Oh, yeah, because I'm sort of one of those like out there people. So I really like the, the sort of like really abstract things, whereas some people that might be a little bit more practical, they don't want to imagine a bird taking their worries away. <laughs> you know, they might want something a little yeah. bit more like it's floating above you, which is one of the other ones that I use. Mm hmm. Okay, so the first technique is belly breathing, which I think a lot of people are familiar with. And belly breathing is just taking our normal breath that we're used to in our daily lives and really focusing more on breathing from the diaphragm so that we expand through the diaphragm and then have a release after. So we're going to try that for a couple of seconds here. Um, and then after we do that, we're actually going to go into a three-dimensional breath, which is just a little different. So everybody take just like the next 10 seconds and try to breathe, belly breathe from your diaphragm and feel your belly expand as you inhale and then breathe out through your mouth and feel it contract as you exhale. And try again feeling your belly expand and rise as you inhale and contract as you exhale. So that's one really good beginner way to just sort of start focusing on the way that you breathe because I think breathing is obviously something that automatically comes to us. We don't have to think about it. But as we begin to focus on our breath, uh, the belly breathing will allow us to actually take in more oxygen as we're expanding. Now, I follow this guy who claims that three-dimensional breathing is just, it's sort of a, an extension of the belly breathing. But he says that when we belly breathe, a lot of us think of it as our lungs as something flat that rises up towards our chest. But he explains that our lungs are more like balloons inside of our body. And so when we breathe, when we do a belly breath, rather than thinking of it as just your belly rising, that we should think of our lungs as balloons that actually expand three-dimensionally. So for the next 10 seconds, we're just going to try adjusting the belly breath by maybe sitting up a little straighter and feeling our lungs expanding in every direction as we inhale. So if you inhale and you feel a three-dimensional expansion all the way through your rib cage from the front side and back. And then an exhale where it contracts back to its original size. Another deep inhale where it expands towards all sides of the rib cage. 
and then exhale as it contracts back to its original size. So those are just two uh, examples of some of the ways that you can sort of feel your body in your breath. Um, have you tried those before, Jess? Um, yeah, we do a lot of the boxed breathing and uh, I haven't heard of the three-dimensional breathing, but we've done a lot of the four by four box breathing. Oh, are you talking different about the, breathing the techniques? Counts? Yeah, different, di different counts. Different people count them out differently too, but. Yeah, that's sort of where I was going to go next, which is like counted. Mm. So some of them were like equal breathing that I've seen where it's like in for five, out for five. Yeah, for or five. some people do different numbers. Uh, yeah, and I've actually noticed for myself that I really like to come like in for four and out for six and then hold. I think the hold is important. Yeah, I think the hold is important too. I always feel like a little piece at the bottom of the hold. Um, so I hold it twice. And do you, so you do more of a box, right? Where you hold it before yeah. and after. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe we could just try a couple of those real quick. Did you want to count out the, um, the box breathing? Yeah, sure. Okay, go ahead. So we're going to breathe in for four. We're going to hold for four. We're going to exhale for four, and then we'll hold for four before inhaling again. And we're going to do that three times. So we're going to breathe in for four, two, three, four, and hold. Two, three, four, exhale. Two, three, four, hold. Two, three, four, inhale two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, last one, inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Yeah, I really like that one. I just tried that one. I um, That's similar to one that I did with the team, but I did it after our conditioning, and they had a really hard time holding it. They're there. like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. my breathing again. <laughs> I asked them if they wanted to do it before or after conditioning, and they all said after, and then they were, I was like, and hold, and then all of a sudden they were like, <clears throat> They're like, is this supposed to be relaxing? Because <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there are just different ways you can count it out. And, and for me, numbers help because I need to occupy my brain and actually the, the combination of breathing and holding at, while also simultaneously counting in my head is really helpful for me. Yeah, and I'm more of a visual person, which I think is why the whole like three-dimensional thing helps with me right. because I like to visualize everything expanding and contracting. So right, and so that shows different-minded people benefit from different techniques, but hopefully we have something in here for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what's your next technique? Um, so I would love to do a progressive muscle relaxation with you all. Um, this is a technique I have done when working in the substance abuse field as a counselor. 
Um, progressive muscle relaxation is an exercise that reduces stress and anxiety in your body by having you slowly tense and then relax each mu muscle. So it's similar to a body scan in that you're focusing on each part of your body individually, um, but this is going to be more active, um, engaging your muscles and then relaxing them. Um, and like any of these, it can provide immediate feeling of relaxation, but you want to practice this and you want to practice it as often as you can. And with experience, you will become more aware of when you're experiencing tension and then you'll know how to relax because these are skills you've already practiced. Um, so when we do this exercise, I want you to be able to tense your muscles, but not to the point of strain. So we're going to pay attention to the feeling of releasing the tension in each muscle and the resulting feeling of relaxation. So to begin, you guys should either sit on your, sit down in a comfortable position or uh, lie down and shut your eyes if you feel comfortable doing so. We're gonna begin by taking a deep breath and noticing the feeling of air filling your lungs. Hold your breath for a few seconds. Release the breath slowly and let the tension leave your body. Take in another deep breath and hold it. Again, slowly release the air. Even slower now, take another deep breath, fill your lungs and hold the air. Slowly release the breath and imagine the feeling of tension leaving your body. Now, move your attention to your feet. Begin to tense your feet by curling your toes and the arch of your foot. Hold on to the tension and notice what it feels like. Release the tension in your foot. Notice the new feeling of relaxation. Next, begin to focus on your lower legs. Tense the muscles in your calves. Hold them tightly and pay attention to the feeling of tension. Release the tension from your lower legs. Again, notice the feeling of relaxation. Remember to continue taking deep breaths. Next, tense the muscles of your upper legs and pelvis. You can do this by tightly squeezing your thighs together. Make sure you feel the tenseness without the point of strain. And release. Feel the tension leave your muscles. Begin to tense your stomach and chest. Do this by sucking in your stomach. Oh, squeeze, ho squeeze harder. Hold the tension. And release the tension. Allow your body to go limp. Let yourself notice the feeling of relaxation. Continue taking deep breaths. Breathe in slowly, noticing the air fill your lungs and hold it. Release the air slowly, feel it leaving your lungs. Next, tense the muscles in your back by bringing your shoulder blades together behind you. Hold them tightly. Tense them as hard as you can without straining. 
keep holding. Release the tension from your back. Feel the tension slowly leaving your body and the new feeling of relaxation. Notice how different your body feels when you allow it to relax. Tense your arms up all the way from your hands to your shoulders. Make a fist and squeeze all the way up your arm. Hold it. Release the tension from your arms and shoulders. Notice the feeling of relaxation in your fingers, hands, arms, and shoulders. Notice how your arms feel limp and at ease. Move up your neck and your head. Tense your face and your neck by distorting the muscles around your eyes and mouth. Release the tension again. Notice the new feeling of relaxation. Finally, tense your entire body. Tense your feet, legs, stomach, chest, arms, head, and neck. Tense harder, hold the tension. Now release. Allow your whole body to go limp, paying attention to the feeling of relaxation and how different it is from the feeling of tension. Begin to wake your body by slowly moving your muscles. Adjust your arms and legs. Stretch your muscles and open your eyes when you're ready. Oh, I liked that. I haven't tried those before. Yeah, I did it. Um, I actually did it a lot with the, the Offenders program when I worked uh, at Arapahoe House. And I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I think that would be a good one for active for gymnasts and active people too, just because we are usually so busy and I feel like we engage our muscles so much that sometimes it's like to consciously actually use your muscle and then to release it. You can almost feel like that chemical release. I really noticed that with some of the big muscle groups, like my quads, yeah. when I was like holding that tension and then that release it was almost like a relief. You almost don't realize how much tension you're holding until you like have to tense up and then you release and then actually being able to like compare the two of like well i definitely wasn't relaxed like this before so i must have been pretty dense yeah yeah or even the amount of tension that you're even capable of carrying in a muscle group yeah oh that was a good one okay so i think i'm actually going to i know the order i sent you i might flip flop the order a little bit because i kind of want to do i want to do some things like a lot of the stuff that we have used up until this point is stuff that is really introductory and good little ways to sort of like dip your toes into breathing and relaxation techniques. Yeah. Um, so I, I brought a couple of sort of different ones in there just because I think that sometimes getting way outside of your comfort zone is another good way to sort of break the ice a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or I'm sort of always like a diver in her. I'm not really a get my toes wet kind of person. So no, yeah, me too. My balls to the walls. <laughs> <laughs> totally. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it hard. <laughs> yeah, totally. So um, I, when I was researching, I was like trying some of these and I really, really liked some of these. So the next one I want to try is actually called a humming bee breath, which I'm a newbie. So I am going to try to teach this to everybody as best as I can, <laughs> but I am not claiming to be an expert by any means. Um, so the humming bee breath is going to be so um, I'm going to give you the instructions first Jess and then you're going to have to take your headphones out of your ears to try it and I'm going to try it as well 
Um, so basically what you do is like you kind of stick moose ears up in front of you and you use your thumbs to push in the soft cartilage in the front of your ear. So you're like just gently applying pressure, not completely closing your ears off to noise, but gently applying pressure. Then what you're going to do is rotate your hands forward so that your bottom three fingers, not your index finger, but your bottom three fingers cover your eyes. Then your index finger is going to rest on top of your eyebrow. Once you get your hands into that position and you're sort of pushing on your ears slightly, you're going to keep your mouth closed and you're going to try to do an ohm with your mouth closed. So an ohm is that ohm, but you're going to do it with your mouth closed, so it's going to be more internal. All right, so Jess, are you ready to try it? I'm going to take my headphones off. Okay, me too. Okay, let's do it like twice, okay? Okay. Okay, here we go. Did you try it? Dude, I'm not going to lie. I thought that sounded really stupid, but that was awesome. <laughs> right? It's fun. Like, I was like, Adrian is stupid. And then I was like in my head and it was vibrating. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. I never, okay. So have you ever had used a singing bowl? The Where that makes noise? Yeah. Um, not me personally, but I me, mean, I've seen them. Okay, so that doesn't it sort of sound like a singing bowl in your head? How it like vibrates? Yeah. Yes, and I, I think the vibration actually was very distracting. Like I don't think I could think of anything else in that moment because I'm so trapped in that vibration in my head and that's all that sound. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I know it was crazy. So. Before we move on to the next one, I actually have a singing bowl, and I'm really hoping it comes across the mic okay, but just so our reader, I mean our listeners, hopefully they tried it themselves, and I just want you to tell me if it sort of sounded like this in your head. I'm going to try it, and you tell me how it sounds on your side. able to hear that okay yeah i i feel like the how it kind of goes it almost goes loud and quiet loud and quiet like the frequency maybe yeah like oh. it kind of is like mm, like back and forth yeah like a like you can hear the vibrations yes yeah okay so i just really want to share that with everyone because even though it makes you feel silly and this is one thing with this one and then my very last one that i want to wrap up with is that we should be able to break out and feel uncomfortable with ourselves. We yeah. should be able to get out of our own comfort zone. Like we have to be comfortable with ourselves and try different things with ourselves so that we're not always trying to color inside the lines. Yeah. And if you don't feel comfortable with you, who's yeah. going to? Yeah. If you can't feel like, okay, being crazy with yourself, then, you know, yeah, it's going to be really, really hard to, you know, make a change be yourself your with anyone else yeah, yeah or be yourself with anyone else or take risks you know you have to be yeah. able to um try new things 
All right. Well, my last thing is just finding mindfulness in your everyday. Eating mindfully. This would be, again, using those five senses. Ooh, I see, you know, these colors, uh, all these peppers in my dish, the tomatoes, you know, it's really add this red color and I can smell the aroma of the cilantro. And when I taste it, ooh, I can really taste that jalapeno. So just incorporating those five, sentence, five senses to really be present when you're eating a meal. You're making or, me hungry. <laughs> you, you want some Mexican food, don't you? <laughs> I totally do. Like, oh, you want a burrito, Adrian? Pico de gallo. <laughs> uh, yes. So another thing, um, which my crisis trauma and my lost teacher actually had us do, was washing our hands mindfully. So she made us spend 30 seconds washing our hands and coronavirus i think yes guys <laughs> let's be mindful while washing our hands tonight i want you to run your finger your hands under warm water and just close your eyes and feel that warm water on your skin that like how does it feel what does it do to the rest of your body feeling that warmth on your skin and then putting some soap on your hands and rubbing it together for 20 seconds at least and smelling it, you know, what does this soap smell like? Oh, is it is it foamy? Um, does it get more foamy as you rub your hands together? Can you does this, the smell get more intense as you rub your hands together? And then my favorite part of it was actually washing it down the drain, rinsing that soap under the water is is like kind of like a metaphor. Um, now that I've really been focusing on this soap, now I'm going to rinse it away. And that can be your worries, your problems, your stresses. Uh, now we've, you know, we've thought about them. We've put it in this container or whatever you want it to be in. And, and then we let it go down the drain. Yeah. Watch but it also is grounding. Worries. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like metaphorical, but then also grounding in itself that you're just presently washing your hands. Well, and water. I just feel like water is incredibly grounding in general. Uh, yes, one thing I do want to try is a float. That is on my things that I really want to try. That's also detoxing. It's awesome. They put oh, the floats are? Yeah, they put so much salt and magnesium salt? in there. Salt? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what helps you float. Mm -hmm. Well, that would be a good resource, and I believe we also have some other resources. Oh, yeah, I think they have some, like, some of the athletic um, recovery places that have a bunch of different muscle relaxation types of techniques but i think they have some floats at some of them now too oh that's cool yeah I, they have them on groupon oh <laughs> once yeah, we're all for back all, for, all, for all you grouponers out there <laughs> get yourself a float yeah that's awesome for later in life when there's not the covid19 going on <laughs> right when, when all the spas are back open yeah um okay so for the to wrap it up my very last one, I sort of want to finish on this one, is kind of goes back to what I was saying about feeling comfortable with yourself, feeling, and this one always, it really struck me one time I was doing a meditation and it asked you to smile at the sky. And I felt so silly smiling at the sky. Like, why am I smiling? There's nobody here. I'm all by myself. Why am I smiling? But then it sort of led me to, why can't I smile when I'm by myself? 
why <laughs> why why should we feel that we only smile is that smile for others is that type of emotion reserved for others we should be able to be comfortable enough with ourselves or to be happy by ourselves um and then i was watching a ted talk on laughter therapy so this is sort of one that i want to finish off with uh, which is laughter, smiling and laughter. So I think we could probably start with a smile and we can build on it. And basically the entire premise around this is you don't always need somebody else to smile and laugh. And laughter actually can release endorphins. And so I just think it, it's a good thing to, I think, have you ever had like a really good laugh? Think about when you've like cracked up, right? And when it's contagious and everybody around you is laughing and you can't stop. It's like your gut busting. You always feel a great release after. Yeah. And there's science behind it, behind getting more oxygen and the endorphin release. So I just think it's a great thing for everybody to try. So this is how I sort of wanted to end this episode. We are all going to start by just smiling. So just force a smile, and that's sort of the whole point. Is like it's not gonna feel genuine in the beginning, but as you get used to and more comfortable with your smile, it will feel more comfortable. Then after that, and I don't think this is gonna be a problem with Jessica and I right now, <laughs> we are going to just fake a laugh. You're gonna fake a laugh and fake it till you make it. You're gonna fake it until you continue to laugh. So ready, here we go. We're just gonna fake a laugh and we're just gonna roll with it from there. <laughs> I knew it was going to be easy. Because... Well, I was listening to your attempt and my attempt, and I was like, we're nerds. And I'm like, ah, I can't stop now. <laughs> you end up laughing at yourself, I think, oh, which yeah. is good. I think that is therapy. If we ha you have to laugh at yourself. Oh, absolutely. Oh, there I go again. Absolutely. absolutely, Adri. We just all absolutely need to just laugh at ourselves. Yes. Like getting, making sure that you get in a good amount of laughter every day, I think is really, really important. And if you have to force it, you have to force it. Yeah. Your because vitamin D and your L's, your laughs. Your, yeah. Oh, I got so much vitamin D today. You should see me. Me too. I'm sunburnt and tired. Oh, yeah. Well... I hope that everybody got a good little laugh in there at the end. And I'm looking forward to next week when we are going to be talking about visualization and journaling, which are two things that I think if we can slowly work in this mindfulness practice, this meditation and mind body connection, I think that it'll be a, a smoother transition into things like goal setting and journaling and visualization. So I'm hoping I'm going to ask all of my gymnasts to listen and try this episode. And I'm hoping that our other listeners, we have had, I'm really excited. We've had more than 100 listeners so far, Ooh. which is exciting because I know those aren't all our kids. And we, <laughs> we even had a Swedish listener. Whoa. Somebody from awesome. Sweden is listening to the Chalk Box. We love you, Sweden. <laughs> Let's go Sweden. I am gonna get a Sweden flag shirt. Yeah, just to, just to get people are like, why are you wearing that? Because like, someone from Sweden Swedish listened to my listener. podcast. <laughs> because this one time, totally, <laughs> the Swedish person listened to my podcast. Exactly. Thank you. Or well, Swedish person just send us T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> 
praise, our adoring praise from Sweden. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Jessica. And I'm looking forward to getting any feedback and seeing you all next week. Yeah. Bye, Jim Rats. Bye, Jim Rats. <laughs>